So how you been? Oh, you know, not not too bad. <laughs> Just busy. How about you? Yeah, uh, about the same, man. <laughs> it's been super busy. Um, this, yeah, there's always something to work on or someone to go see or, you know, just something we haven't done. I don't know. <laughs> there's always something to be done, you know. Um, just the layers of life, you know. <laughs> <laughs> there's just like always something, you know. It's like I, I forget where I saw this, but it's like if someone's ever like, hey, what are you doing today? It's like, oh, I'm just chilling. It's like, yeah, I don't know. When I was a teenager, like, yeah, I was probably just, hanging out didn't really have too much to do but it's like nowadays it's like if i tell you i'm just chilling i'm definitely ignoring some responsibility (laughs) (laughs) yeah if i say i'm just chilling there is definitely somewhere someone somewhere in the world going good god when is that guy ever going to do what i need him to do (laughs) (laughs) and little do they know i'm three bourbons deep on the couch <laughs> I'm big time chilling, <laughs> but yeah, no, but um, and just with the the crazy weather, I guess it was like a week and a half ago or two weeks ago. You know, that just threw a lot of things that were supposed to line up for like that weekend or those days, those few days that threw all the Texans off because it was going to be, you know, I don't know. It's like it was frozen for like a day and a half, and then like. I don't know. Everybody just acted like it was frozen for like three or four days. It's just <laughs> always how people yeah. react like snow and ice out here. But, I mean, I get it. I mean, there's always that like one pinnacle period of it where it is dangerous, but like, you know, I don't know. But uh, just, yeah, a lot of stuff in that week got thrown off. So I've just been <laughs> rescheduling. And yeah, this last week has been really full. I mean, like interviews to do just my normal job. Um life and concerts and stuff like that and yeah i don't know but i'm keeping up i haven't <laughs> yeah man um i'm not i haven't lost my 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 uh, edge for wanting more so yeah actually we're going to a concert tonight too <laughs> are you, who are you seeing tonight uh we're seeing um it's weird um we're seeing portugal the man and alt j um which is great uh, i've been a fan of both of theirs for a very long time um but it's it's weird to see that alt j is that is the top biller um when like uh i, I would expect it to be portugal man i guess just be up by um seniority um and like i said I, I mean i've been following portugal man since like 2009 or something like that <laughs> um so I don't know. To me, I mean, I've seen them like five or six times. So to me, I'm just like I, I'm. They're my main focus for tonight because um, they just always put on a great show. Um, and I love John Gorley, man. Like he's not like super like showy or like flash or anything. It's like in fact, I love it. He's like the opposite. He shows up and he's like, "Hi, thank you," and then he just puts like his hood over and just like starts, you know, just busts out, you know, <laughs> and that's it. He'll just do the do the bits, do the numbers, and it's the bass man and Sat Carruthers that'll talk and like, you know, interact with the crowd. But I just, right. I've always loved that. I mean, after seeing them a few times, like I know what to expect and I love it. Cause <laughs> I don't it know. It is cool. You know, I, yeah. I mean, it's cool. Cause like you can tell there's a certain like aspect of anxiety or like whatever. And he talks about that and, you know, and just it's not really something you want to do, but he's in service of the music, just really into it. Um, right. But yeah, but always a stellar show. So I'm excited. It's been a, it's been a while since I've seen them. Well, I'll I'll tell you a funny Portugal the man story, and I I won't I won't use um, my friends' real names because I don't I don't want to put them on blast on this thing. But <laughs> in like 2008, I think it was uh, Portugal the man played in Austin, mm. um, and I think it was at ACL. Although uh, I'll be honest, a lot of the 2008 concert season is pretty blurry for me. Um, <laughs> and well, actually just a lot of 2008 is pretty blurry for me, but, um, you know, so we're standing there outside, you know, by the stage and the posted start time for Portugal, the man had come and gone and this mm-hmm. band was up there and they were playing like Zydeco music. Like there was an accordion and, and, uh, and some mm-hmm. other stuff. And there was only one guy in our group of friends who had, who had even heard of Portugal, the man. Mm. And I was like, you know, we're sitting there like listening and he was like, yeah, dude, didn't this awesome? And I'm like, 
yeah, I mean, Zydeco is not really my super thing, but whatever. And and then they finish the last song. The lead singer is like, thank you, Austin. We have been the the Smith Johnsons or whatever. Please welcome to the stage Portugal the band. So he completely, I mean, he was just completely acting like he had heard of them when he it's clearly had not. <laughs> That's every time I even hear the name Portugal the man, like I'm transported back to Austin. I'm like, ah, you lied about knowing who they were. <laughs> he, he was just trying to be a hipster. It's like, yeah, dude, you've probably never heard of them, but they're pretty good. <laughs> but little did he know he was right. <laughs> yeah. 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 And then, you know, then of course we stuck around and actually watched Portugal, the man. And I'm like, Oh, okay, well this is pretty good. I can get into this. So they were, man, they were weird. There was, I remember everyone was in very brightly colored stuff and there was someone that was moving a lot during the show, but I don't, I don't remember what instrument or what person or anything, but there was just a lot of movement. <laughs> Yeah, but that I was 14 thought, years ago now, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I think they've definitely changed a lot and as they've become parents and stuff like that. They've, they've evolved. But like, yeah, I don't know. I've always loved the 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 way they open their shows. Like they normally open with like a cover or something. And, and like the last few times I saw them, they, they would open for with uh, For Whom the Bell Tolls. Which is like, I don't know. Nice. It's always awesome when, like, nowadays, I guess most people like, well, okay, the last time we saw them was at ACL um, right after, like, um, Feel It Still had, like, just, like, caught fire, you know. And uh, and so, like, the, so much of the crowd was, was like, like, really young, like, super young. Um, I mean, but, like, also, like, families, you know, because it was, like, just, it was a, it was a pop sensation, <laughs> like, that year. It was just crazy. And, um it's just so funny because, like, you know, me, I'm thinking about, like, all these other, like, older albums. Like, oh, I hope they play this. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> else is like, get to feel it still. Um, but it was just it was just funny because, like, yeah, you can see, like, those people up there and, they're like, they're all excited to, like, see what's about to go down. And then they op- they crack it all, they'll have the show open with For Whom the Bell Tolls. It's like, dun 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 I was like, oh, this is great. This, this is awesome. <laughs> Man, um, love that. But yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm curious what they'll, what they'll, how they'll, they'll curate their, their show tonight because it's, it's been, it's been a minute. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, and, and I, I haven't, I saw Al J in their like very, very first tour for their first album, like back in like 2013 or whatever, um, or 12. I don't remember. Um, but it it uh, it was very uh, simple. It was literally just the three guys like at the very front of the stage, just like doing their thing. No show, no lights or like no anything. It was just like them doing their thing, and they killed it. I mean, it was great. It was awesome. But I'm curious to see like if they've like how they've evolved and like in a bigger venue and like what it's going to be like and stuff like that. Always excited, you know, to see how an artist yeah. ups their game or just evolves. I'll just leave it at that. Um, For sure. But yeah, it's going to be at the uh, the factory tonight nice so that's uh man that's funny you know sometimes um i and i used to take a much more jaded point of view if i saw a show that had very intricate lighting and and graphics Mm. work and i always kind of thought okay what are they hiding like does their music suck (laughs) but their show is good what are they hiding and um you know, the older I get, the more shows I see, I'm like, okay, well, that's just part of the experience of seeing them live. But every once in a while, you'll still see someone who's like, oh, yeah, they have a light show because they suck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or, it's like the, or their I songs if that's aren't something. very good, so they have intricate lighting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or I wonder if that's like a production like manager or like somebody that's like, all right, guys, so you're you're not very dynamic out there. So we're going to really amp it up with like lasers and it's like the trippiest things you've ever seen just going behind you just so people don't fall asleep you know <laughs> it's not yeah. on you though you're fine you're selling tickets that's what, that's what we expected you well let's what's <laughs> let's, let's wake them up a little bit. <laughs> but also i mean that's definitely turned into like an art form and i think you can even get degrees in that like stage uh visuals like i think that's um i think it's at like ut austin i think cuz i have my best friend like he he does like ar and vr visuals and he's done it for like performances like that um and i know that's like i think that's what he did, he did his master's in but like yeah it's just awesome to see like how the industry you know 
grows and evolves outward. And now people can really specialize in that stuff and and really program some really gnarly things. I mean, some really crazy effects and equipment. Um, and some, you know, some people go into old school, old school methods, you know, like water droplets on a, on a projector, <laughs> right? but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, like, um, like one of my favorite mo- modern or like last like visuals that I saw that still left a really crazy impression was like Tame Impala, like they're crazy, like laser shows. And like, um, I don't know what the effect is. Like it's been used before. It's an old school thing too, but it just, it just crops them out like the the performer out like perfectly and like the background is just like distorted and like warping out the image like perfectly it's just like one of the craziest like psychedelic like looking things like ever like using like you know super modern technology um i mean you'd expect that from tame impala but um (laughs) it's just yeah that, that that one was crazy um but yeah i don't know i i just i always love that i always love going to a show and not knowing what to expect, you know, like you go to some chill show and they might have some like crazy, you know, ornate like background and you go to some really intense rock concert and it's just these guys on the stage. You just never, <laughs> you just never with a banner in the background. You just, you just never yeah. know sometimes. <laughs> like just, just the name of the band handwritten in Sharpie on some butcher paper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's like Metallica, like some super well-known. <laughs> like we know we don't have to do this. Yeah. <laughs> we just have to show up. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, that's but that's yeah, about as creative as I would be. <laughs> <laughs> but then, I mean, you have those people that really balance like those types of art forms and like really put it to the test in service of like their um, like their own like kind of mythology or their own like branding. You know, like Tool. You know, like that's one like of like the you know top ones I can think of where like fans are like obsessed with like certain media that they put out it's not even music it could just be you know like the posters and and wanting to get there for exclusive stuff and um and then their visuals during the show and they're just their visuals in general are like really you know crazy uh, so that's definitely like one of those artists out there that's really, really impressed me with how like dedicated their fan base is and like how supportive and how much they you know put more effort into it as you know the tours go on and years go on it's just i don't know that's cool to see you know yeah. artists keep pushing that stuff because it just gets encouraged you know and you start to get some money so you can do it <laughs> <laughs> yeah you, you know the the flaming lips have always put on a really really good show and and sometimes they have some mm. pretty intricate stuff sometimes it's more uh you know just mechanical stuff rather than digital stuff but um mm. and i like the flaming lips i think they make good music i also think that if they just tried to play their music on a stage because of how weird they are, that it would not translate well. So I think they need some of the show, you know, yeah. some of those kinds of things, but, but yeah. And by the way, I do want to mention this about tool. I like, I like tool. I'm not, I'm not about to knock tool, sure. but every person I've ever known who is like really into tool, uh-huh. they have very similar vibes as people who are really, really, really into Lord of the Rings And I only, I, and I'm not, you know, I'm not comparing that. It's just, it's like the lore. Like you talk to them and like, they clearly love Lord of the Rings. So then they start reading about Tolkien, the man, and they start reading about, Mm -hmm. you know, the stuff that he based that on. And yeah. And you, and you talk to them and it's like, it's crazy how much knowledge they have of Lord of the Rings. And then you talk to a tool fan and they do the exact same (laughs) thing, but with tool, and yeah, it's like, like you yeah, well, it turns changed. out Maynard was bullied in 1984. And so he wrote this song. It's about, and I'm like, oh my God, how the hell do you know that? And I mean, it's cool. I'm, I'm, no, I'm glad yeah. that people get that into it. Um, cause yeah. I, I support nerding out on stuff. I, I, I am, sure. I am a big fan of finding something and really geeking out on it. But tool fans seem to be the most like that where they get really into like tool canon and tool lore. And well, it, it, it just has like, always fascinated me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that there there's an aspect of that that's also fascinating because like I have the same thought, but kind of in like the case of like every time I meet someone and we're talking music, because I mean it just always gets brought up with me at some point. Um and and if that if they include that in their lineup or in something that they want to listen to, it's always 
not just like, yeah, I like that that one song or like I, I like that one album or like they're good like for like this period. They're always like all in. Oh yeah. <laughs> and like I just I, I don't know. That's great. I don't know. <laughs> Cause I mean, yeah, I have so many groups that I'm like all in. Like, you know, just in the end, I'm just like I know it back forwards and backwards. But like that's just been one that like, yeah. It always happens. Like anytime someone's like, "Oh yeah, tools the shit." I'm like, "Oh yeah, you're a fan." I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> dude, I, I, I can't. Even, I don't even remember how many times I've seen them." You know, it's like, "Oh, dang, okay, my bad." <laughs> well, uh, I can tell you how many toe hairs the drummer has on his left foot. It's like, "Oh my god." Yeah, <laughs> appreciate but, yeah, the dedication, yeah. but why, man? Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's intense. But yeah, man. I mean, to each their own, though. No judgment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, well, well, I, I guess I don't, uh, you know, not to not to completely change gears so quickly, but you want to get into some shuffle roulette? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm. By the way, I'm only doing that because I know you and I could sit here and talk for like an hour about the tool <laughs> fan lore and stuff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, just, and I, I know we both have stuff we have to do later this afternoon, and, and like I don't want to look up, and we've been on here for an hour and a half. I'm like, all right, let's start the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was at least going to stop us at like maybe like 25 minutes or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was going to try. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I have my thing pulled up. Um, all right. Let's hear it. Well, I had it. Okay. Here we go. Shuffle. Uh, okay. <laughs> That's funny. Um, I got the ballad of John and Yoko. <laughs> oh, nice. Man, that's a that's a song that'll get stuck in your head if you like. Yeah, it's it's also one that has a lot. I mean, that has like tool fan level lore to it, just the song itself. <laughs> so that's a we could have a whole episode just talking about like the breakdown of what led to that song. <laughs> See, that's why I don't judge because, like, I know I've done the same thing with the Beatles. I've just kind of oh, like, yeah. moved on, you know, not moved on, but like they're they're not they're not pumping out content today. So <laughs> if they were, you know, I probably would be, you know. Oh know. yeah, hundred percent. <laughs> Anyways, um, so yeah, now this is this is a fun song. Um, this is a random first thing that comes to my mind when I see this song pop up on my phone. Is I really like the. Uh, the demo version of it off of the um, super deluxe, whatever version that came out like three, two years ago, two years ago, right. I think. Um, it's just really cool because it's just more, you know, stripped down garage session sounding, whatever. And there's just always something to that because there's an energy to it because you can tell they're still trying to figure it out. And um, I love it too because um, uh, uh, in the session, I believe in that demo, at least, and no, actually, I think in the song too, Paul's playing the drums, and uh, and it's just always funny because the that little demo starts off with the uh, it's like you know just like hazy like crackling from the film rolling, and then you hear like uh, they're talking, but then you can hear John say like "You ready, Ringo?" and then Paul's like "Yeah, I'm ready, George," and then like they <laughs> call each other by the other two's name, and then uh, and then they hit it off. Um, but uh, it's just, uh, yeah, it's a great, it's a great song. It's got a lot of like happy, I don't know, it's got a lot of like good energy like in it, you know, because I just feel like they were both like super happy. They both just got married. Uh, I mean, that's what the song is about. It's about John and Yoko's honeymoon, basically. Um, and, uh, and yeah, in fact, if I'm not mistaken, there's some documentary where uh, I don't remember who it says who says it, but they quote or they reference they refer to John Lennon's like uh, mentality, like coming right back out of the honeymoon and wanting to work on this piece as like he had news to say, like he was so excited to get this out about like his relationship and feeling good about it and like the things they're doing and the the ideas they're working on that that and just his like feeling good about life in general that like it felt like good news like he just had to get it out there it wasn't just like i want to write a song it was just more like serious not a serious song but he was serious about really getting it done um which i'm sure um a character like paul mccartney really appreciated because you know that was his thing is <laughs> let's get it done let's 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 work on something because we're good but um 
yeah, and so those two, and I think Paul did. Paul get Paul and Linda get married like the day before that they got married, or it was very close. I don't remember, but it was yeah, like I I can't remember, but I know I know it is really close. And the only <laughs> the only thing I want to mention about the song because I did, I know it's your song, but one of my favorite things ever is he said Peter Brown called to say you can make it okay, you can't get married in Gibraltar near Spain. And, you know, there's this whole thing where Great Britain and Spain have been arguing over the island of Gibraltar for like 500 years. <laughs> and yeah. it is, I mean, if you look at most world maps, it's a British territory and, and mm. you know, you can go there from Britain. But um, apparently the Spanish still have a lot of hard feelings about that. And uh, mm. I, I have always wondered if that line, you can get married in Gibraltar near Spain, if that was something <laughs> we're like some really heavy Beatles fan in Barcelona was like, what is this shit? You know? <laughs> John Lennon. Um, <laughs> terrible accent. Sorry to everyone listening in Spain, specifically in Bartha. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, yeah. So I've always wondered about that because it's just kind of a funny, and it would be a very like John Lennon move to throw some yeah, geopolitical cheeky. strife in an yeah. otherwise pretty upbeat song. But <laughs> yeah. It's like, you got to put some kind of political theme in there. Otherwise, I'm bored. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. But yeah, that's a fun song. It is. I do love it. <laughs> All right. It's my turn. Yes, sir. Okay. <laughs> Ooh, this is fun. Okay. Um, so I got Sophisticated Lady. Uh, by Duke Ellington and his orchestra oh. live at the Newport Jazz Festival from nice. 1956. Um, what do I know about this song other than I really like Duke Ellington's versions of it? Um, <laughs> I, you know, Sophisticated Lady, it is, I, I don't, I, I, you know, I feel awful. Like, thank you for listening to this music podcast. Here's me saying I don't know a bunch. Um, but, you know, I don't know who wrote it. I don't know who recorded it first. I don't know anything about the song other than it is a jazz standard. Um, and I have heard versions of it, um, you know, by by people like Duke Ellington and, and Count Basie and Ella Fitzgerald and, and kind of those early jazz folks that were mm. um, a little bit more open to having lyricism. But then mm -hmm. you can also hear versions like I think Charlie Parker might have done a version. Um, mm. There's a lot of really cool like bebop and cool jazz interpretations of it that came out later in the 50s and then in, into the 60s. Mm. Um, but really, the main takeaway I have from Sophisticated Lady by Duke Ellington at live at the news from live at the Newport Jazz Festival is if you ever see a jazz album that says it was recorded at the Newport Jazz Festival, just buy it and listen to it because it's going to be good. I mean, it's <laughs> like, I, you know, that's like the, uh, you know, it, it's like the, I, I mean, what would you, it's like the the recurring Woodstock of the jazz industry. Yeah. Um, and and so the the people that perform there, it's, it's, a, it's such an important um you know, venue and event that they really bring their A game. And yeah, uh, so it's, it's really nice. And, and normally if someone is going to release an album that was recorded there, it means not only were they on their A game, but they listened to it and were like, oh yeah, this is it. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's, I, I guess, I guess um, not stateside, I guess the equivalent would be like the Montreux Jazz Festival in Switzerland. Mm. Um, but, mm. but yeah, Newport, you know, Ella Fitzgerald has a great live Newport album. Duke Ellington has a great live at Newport album. I mean, it's just, it's, ugh, it's great. And sophisticated yeah, lady is just one of, uh, I think there's maybe like 15 tracks on the album and they're all, they're all, as the kids would say today and probably not in 56, they're all bangers, man. So, um, yeah, they're, they're all good. Each one is a bop. <laughs> it's pretty lit. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely lit. <laughs> it's not mid mid is a new one. I learned oh, uh, from, right. from a friend of mine who teaches middle school. So I'm, I'm, I'm really, mm. I'm really up to date on what 12 and 13 year old kids are saying <laughs> for slang. Yeah. I was going to say, is that like an up and coming one? <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I think, I think it's an up and comer. Like, like look for it on TV in the next few months. People saying mid <laughs> and mid mid just means like it's okay. Like it's yeah, it's, it's not it's great. Like average. Like, yeah. <laughs> Shout out to my good friend Blake Dyer for teaching me that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see what I get. <laughs> so random. <laughs> uh, okay. Oh, come on. I want the album artwork to load. Okay, I'm glad my wife try. can't hear me. I think if she had heard me say bop and lit like that, I would probably be served <laughs> with divorce papers sometime sometime in the next 24 to 48 hours. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I guess it's okay. That's all I can get. I got this song called "Old Town Blues" by uh, Boy and Bear. Is the group? Uh, it is off of the album um, "Harlequin Dream." Uh, this group, I believe, is from New Zealand. Yeah, I want to make sure. Oh, my bad. They're they're uh, from Australia. Um, Ooh, so that's a good correction to make. <laughs> I, I feel I feel like some Aussies would have been very 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 offended if you if you kept giving them credit for as a New Zealand band. <laughs> yeah, if I was just like ah, you know, same thing, whatever. Um, <laughs> but no, um, this guy's got a great voice. This whole the whole album is super good. Um, it came out in 2013. I think I heard it in 2014 for the first time. Um, this is the second track on the album. Um, but the first track, Southern Sun, is a great opener. That's a, it's a super, super cool song. Um, it's a great like alternative rock song that'll get stuck in your head, like for sure. Um, and this one's great too. It's just it's it's like it's more of the cool down after that, like kind of hype rock song to open it up. Um, but Old Town Blues is just really smooth. Um, it's got a really cool. Um, um, I guess it's the rhythm. It's like, and I think it's a guitar, or it might be the bass, but it's just like, and it's just, it's just cycles or arpeggiates. Like it just goes through. It's just running all the time, and yeah, like I already said, like his voice is just super good, and yeah, I know that that song is fantastic. It's a really cool tune, but I just also want to just bring up that the album's super good too. The whole the whole album's pretty interesting um it's got a lot of ups and downs to it um but man just the production quality and the just the arrangement um of it and it just makes it a really good like rock album like from like you know the 2010s uh, nice yeah that's what, what'd you say the name of the band is uh boy and bear boy and bear okay yeah yeah i believe i only found this group because of a um you know some kind of algorithm, <laughs> some kind of like suggestion on Spotify. Like, cause I know I was in college. I know this is like 2014 and um, I was probably listening to some like radio station I built off of, uh, or, you know, selected the radio station suggestions off of like a track that I enjoyed already. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, it was like a Ben Howard song. Um, and then, yeah, I just started cycling through, you know, random artists from, all over because Ben Howard's from the UK. So they're probably like, so this dude in Dallas listening to this dude in the UK. So let's throw him some guy from Australia. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, But it's, uh, but no, it's, it's super good. It's definitely an album. um, I would, I would suggest to take a listen if you enjoy like good, like it's not like Southern rock. It's, it's like, it's almost Americana feeling without being that at all. It's, I don't know. <laughs> but it's a it's a cool alt rock song. I mean, yeah. I mean that song too, but the album. Well, I'm I'm always open to any international interpretation of an Americana song. I mean, <laughs> it's I, yeah. I that's that's hilarious to me. Um, I, I do love it though. <laughs> yeah, they're really good. I just, I really like his tone, like his vocal tone, um, and the way it's arranged. Like I don't know. And, and I'll say this too, like not as a slight to this artist, um, but like the album afterwards, I I, I haven't re- researched this, but I'm pretty sure they made they had a different producer, and it's just like not the same. Like I just feel like that album Harlequin Dream, like 
it was either like the producer or the mindset at the time. Like it just really rendered like, I don't know, really interesting spirit, like in that album. Like, I don't know. I just, it, 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 it has a lot of like uniqueness to it that, I don't know. The other stuff just sounds like they're not that they're trying to replicate it or it sounds too poppy. It's just like there's something missing. I don't know what it is, but that one is really cool. It's a really warm, well done album. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> All right. Let me get pulled up here. Uh, okay. Okay. Uh, this is actually one of my personal favorite songs. Uh, so I got Falling by Ben Queller from the album Sha Sha, which according to my phone came out in 2002. Um, so this song is very special to me for a lot of reasons. Uh, but primarily because um, a, a friend of mine named Stephen Nonis showed me this this album when we were in middle school. And in 2002, I would have been, I guess, in eighth grade, probably. And um, that was one of my first introductions to like new music that wasn't country or pop. Like, mm. you, you know, I grew up listening to a lot of classic rock and I, I did branch off early to get into, um, you know, like the blues, especially and some lesser known classic rock. But most of the new music that I was listening to, it was either in my mom's car and she listened to Kiss FM. So it was all pop or it was in my dad's truck. And when he listened to, to um, new music. It was always 99.5 The Wolf here in Dallas. And that was yeah. that was the country at the time. Um, so this was, uh, so Ben Queller, who is from the uh, sprawling metropolis of Commerce, Texas, um, he, uh, he was kind of a musical prodigy. He was in bands when he was like in middle school. And even in 2002, when he released that album, like I think he was only 18 or 19, um, and it's, it's just good kind of just good rock and roll, um, kind of alternative rock. The song itself falling, it closes the album. And one of the things that drew me to it is the, the very first line, um, <laughs> mentions Dallas and being a native Dallasite, I'm a sucker for anything that mentions Dallas. Um, <laughs> but it talks about like the neon light from the, from the Bank of America building, which if you're not familiar with Dallas is the big green outlined building that you'll see in pictures of the Dallas skyline. Yeah. And, uh, and the whole thing is just, I mean, it's, it's just a cool song to end on. It's very piano heavy. It's got, um, it's got some lyrical kind of melodic devices of him going ba 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 and not really actually making, you know, not saying words. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's all just, it's kind of an upbeat song. It's about getting back home from somewhere and, and kind of that familiarity. And, uh, but yeah, mainly that album, Shaw Shaw, which I still recommend. It holds up. I listen to it, uh, probably a lot more than I should, but, um, uh, <laughs> it holds up really well. It's a great album. It was kind of my introduction to the world of alternative rock, um, mm. And uh, so it's it is it's an album and a song and an artist that I hold very dear. And as one last bonus thing, um, the first time I saw Ben Queller was at ACL in I want to say 2006, and um, his nose started bleeding while he was on stage. And someone in the crowd threw a tampon onto the stage, which he removed from the applicator and stuck up his nose and kept trying to play. And um, <laughs> he learned quickly that that's not what tampons are designed for. And I think had to cut the set short, but it was still funny. And then the next year when he played again, they were selling T-shirts that had like a, <laughs> you know, a what would otherwise be a very gross image, like blood dripping off a tampon. But the joke was that it was for a nosebleed and not for what tampons are normally used for. So, wow. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when I woke up this morning, I did not expect say, to say the word tampon into a microphone that many times. So I apologize for how jarring that had to be, especially if you are a loved one of mine. 
Um, I, I, that wasn't on my bingo card. So. Yeah, no, <laughs> I am really regretting not not putting tampon on the bingo card. <laughs> yeah, we should make we should like after we've done like a ton of these, like make a uh, seal like bingo cards. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, I can tell you that cocaine might as well be in the free space. I, I like every time I listen, I'm like, how in the hell did I work cocaine into things again? <laughs> I don't, I don't do the cocaine. I don't do drugs. I mean, well, like just, it's not something the, I do, but you know, it's just certain musicians and personality yeah. groups. Well, yeah, if you're talking about rock and roll in the 70s and 80s, I guess, I, I guess one way or another, you're going to end up in in cocaine world. <laughs> well, this is you, like, you a, read, like a different Aerosmith back. theme park, cocaine world. <laughs> oh, let me see what I get this time. <laughs> Oh man, it keeps minimizing. All right, there it goes. Oh, this is a great song. Uh, it's "Rolling" by Michael Kiwanuka. Nice uh, man. Uh, another guy from, uh, or no, not another. Well, he he's from the UK. Um, man, it's a super good guitarist. Man, um, I mean, musician overall. Um, I love his like his his debut album. Um, the second album with the. Uh, Cold Little Heart. Um, what's that one called? Love and Hate or whatever. It's got that frozen heart on it. Uh, and then, but this album, I mean, th- this song is from his last album that came out in 2019, um, which is self titled or, or it's his last name, Kiwanuka. Uh, th- it's such a good album, man. I mean, I, 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 I it is Love and Hate. Ah, I got it. Um, <laughs> I love his other two albums, but this one's definitely my favorite so far because it's got, um, like Rollins is awesome. It's just, it's got this really cool, um, I, I want to say it's a guitar. It's just got this really interesting metallic-y twang. Like, I don't know, the aesthetics of the song are just really cool. Like it's very, um, it's got a lot of like, like um, momentum to it. Like a lot of like, like it's like a, um, I don't know. It's, it, 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 uh, it, well, oh, it's the bass line. The bass line is super like heavy and it's just got like this like groove to it. You just can't help but like, bop to it you just can't help but like get into it and uh it's just super good i don't i don't know if you've heard this song before but man i think you would love it uh and like he's just got such a great uh voice i love his singing style um but yeah th- th- it's just a great track man i was obsessed with it when the album came out um it's the second oh it's another second track off the album um and because it, it, the album opens up with you ain't the problem which is another awesome song um, and it goes right into rolling. And then when I, when I heard rolling, I was like, Oh, that's such a cool song. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but that one, man, um, hero and solid ground and, uh, piano joint like that, man, it's just such a good album, man. Now I want to listen to this album again. It's been, it's been a little bit, but, uh, yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that was mine. That's a good one. You ever listened to, to him? Yeah, I'm, so I am new to the Michael Kiwanuka um, train, I guess. And um, <laughs> yeah, it was so I um, I have a I, I listen to music through our Amazon Echo thing a lot. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, every once in a while, it's it's real easy to say you know play songs by so and so and similar artists. Mm-hmm. And and the other day. Um, and it's always funny because sometimes she goes completely off the rails. Like, right. She she's like, and I say, I say she, cause that's how my wife and I refer to the Amazon thing. But, um, <laughs> but you know, sometimes you'll start and you'll say, you know, play, play like Ryan Adams radio or Ryan mm. uh, music by Ryan Adams and similar artists. And then what you'll end up right. with is Taylor Swift and similar artists because Ryan Adams did a complete song for song cover of Taylor Swift's 1989. Uh, and so it's kind of funny. And um, yeah, so a few, maybe like a week and a half, two weeks ago, I had um, uh, Pat Metheny, like play music by Pat Metheny and similar artists inspired by, mm-hmm. uh, inspired by you, Sam. So thank you for that. And um, yeah, it's <laughs> it, like, you know, 30 or 40 minutes into that, I heard, I heard something and I don't, I don't even remember which song it was, but I was like, Oh man, this has got a good groove. And then I heard the voice. And I'm like, I have no idea who this is. 
So mm. I Shazammed it because I'm a million years old and still use Shazam all the time. And um, yeah, it was a Michael Kimanuka song. And I was like, okay, yeah, I'm all about this. But I, I have not purchased any of the music yet or downloaded any of the music yet. It's mostly just been like, I'll hear him when he pops up on those kinds of things. And But I, yeah. I got to say, he's batting a thousand. I, ha- I have not heard a bad song yet. So I'm, <laughs> but I am still new to fandom. So I'm, I plan on getting more into it. <laughs> yeah. No, he's super good. Yeah. And his last one is stellar. Really enjoyed that. Um, yeah. I don't know. All, all three of his albums are great. Um, he also did a remix of um, what's her name from. Um, um, oh my gosh. Brittany. Um, is it Brittany Howard? Um, oh, Alabama he, shakes. Yeah. He did a remix yeah. of one of her songs with uh, St. Francis hotel, I believe. Um, okay. He was also in, um, you know that you know that, this is very very random. Uh, you know that movie yesterday, the uh, Be- the Beatles movie. Yeah, or the the movie about like everybody in the world overnight forgets who the Beatles are, or whatever. Um, right. He's in that movie. <laughs> he's is like, he really? Yeah, yeah. It's like a very short thing, and I I almost missed it because I I just wasn't looking for a second. But he plays like the music. He, he's the musical act that the main character is like buddy works for like, he's his new roadie and he's like a piece of shit. <laughs> he's like a terrible roadie. <laughs> and like, uh, like he's supposed to be like setting up for him, like setting up for Michael, but he's talking to the main character like outside. And then like Kuanuka like just like comes out and he's like, Hey, and he's like, where's my stuff? And he's like, is my guitar ready? He's like, Oh, I haven't, you know, finished it yet. He's like, give me it. I gotta go now. And he just like grabs it out of his hands. Like you're fired. <laughs> and just walks away. <laughs> um, it was just so random, but it's got to it be awesome for him. Um, but yeah, super cool guy, super awesome music. <laughs> um, it, it's someone that like, yeah, every time something comes out with him, I'm really excited. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, here we go. Uh, wait, what happened? That can't be right. Hang on, I have managed to screw up hitting hitting the shuffle button. <laughs> what is wrong with me? Oh, yeah, okay. Oh, I, I'm so stupid. I hit repeat because I can't tell the difference between arrows. Um, okay, um, there's an Aggie joke in there somewhere. Um, okay, so I got uh, a six-pack to go by Leon Russell from his album, Hank Wilson's Back. Um, And Mm. it might actually be Hank Wilson's Back, uh, Volume 1. My phone says that it came out in 1973. Um, So Leon Russell, who really was more of a kind of rock country guy. I mean, he he didn't, he normally didn't have two feet uh, firmly planted in one camp or the other. Um, Mm. But... With Hank Wilson's back, he is firmly doing country music, which I like. And and what it is, is it's just a bunch of covers of kind of country standards at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, a Six Pack to Go, I believe, was written by Hank Thompson. Um, and I only know that because my mom's parents up in Oklahoma were very big Hank Thompson fans. And I listened to a lot of Hank Thompson albums growing up. Mm. Um, but yes, yeah, I mean, a six pack to go is a pretty standard country song about wanting to not only have a beer at the bar, but also take some with you. Um, <laughs> it's a great, I mean, it's a, it's a fun song. I mean, you know, like a lot of country songs, there's not a ton of substance to it, but it is fun. But that, that whole album, the Hank Wilson's back album, um, if you are not a fan of country music, it's a pretty good album to listen to. <laughs> Um, like it kind of bridges the gap between the rock and roll crowd and the country crowd mm. because, you know, Leon, I mean, Leon Russell had a song called acid Annapolis, uh, Annapolis. I mean, it, you know, it, he, the, he got really into the psychedelic stuff for a while. And then the early seventies was like, you know what? I think I'm going to tour with Willie Nelson for a while. And, and then got really into the country stuff for a little bit too. But, um, yeah, it's a it's a fun song from a tremendously good album, um, and it's just uh, 
it it there's a little bit of nostalgia for it too because it's an album i listened to a lot in high school and yeah. uh you know so every once in a while you have one of those random flashbacks where you hear a song and then out of nowhere you can like smell the road to your friend's house yeah. or something out and you're you like your sitting in your Jeep. office going what the hell how did i just yeah yeah where did that yeah. come from um like, i can see the but yeah so it's a out. it's a good song not a ton of substance but the album is great and leon russell is awesome um i did get to see leon russell in concert once um and actually uh, a call back to my friend steven Nonis, who i mentioned earlier he saw he saw Leon Leon Russell around the same time I did and had the exact mm-hmm. same experience because it was very weird um, because Leon Russell was dressed in a suit and he came out and he sat at a piano. He said, hello, I'm Leon Russell and then played for 45 straight minutes without talking at all between songs. And after his last song said, all right, thanks. I'm Leon Russell. Ain't going to be an encore and left. And we were like, well, I mean, he managed expectations pretty well, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Ain't going to be an encore. (laughs) There ain't going to be an encore. But uh, but yeah, and he he recorded, uh, he also recorded a a cover of Heartbreak Hotel with Willie Nelson that um, Mm. is kind of a, that's another one of those kind of like rock country anthems from the early seventies that like mm. the rock and roll crowd, like the, the, the hippies and the cowboys can both kind of get into a little bit. So, yeah. Um, and I've always thought that that fits um, not, you know, it fits me kind of well because I'm, I am a very proud Texan, but like, I love the grateful dead. So, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm all about, I'm all about merging the hippie and cowboy lifestyles. <laughs> <laughs> all about it. That's awesome. <laughs> well, Leon Russell, wasn't he on, um, wasn't he involved in the concert for Bangladesh or who am I thinking about? Yes, he was. Yeah. He and George Harrison were, were friendly. I don't, I, I guess I can't fairly say that they were friends, but I know they were friendly. Yeah. Um, and I know that, uh, so Eric Clapton got really into country music for a little bit in the early seventies. Mm-hmm. And he was mm-hmm. listening to a lot of, um, Leon Russell, um, Don Williams, um, even George Jones, like some, some real big kind of country names. Mm-hmm. And because Eric Clapton and George Harrison also spent like every waking moment together <laughs> <laughs> for, for a few years there, I think, I think either through osmosis or just being worn down by a good friend, I think George Harrison got it, got into the country stuff just a little bit too. Although mm. he might not have bought in as much as Eric Clapton did because Eric Clapton actually ended up doing like covers of Don Williams songs and Don Williams did a cover of lay down Sally by Eric Clapton. And it's a whole, mm. it's a whole, whole thing. Um, but yeah, and Don Williams from, from, uh, from the big town of Floyd data, Texas, working with, uh, <laughs> working with Eric Clapton to make music kind of funny. <laughs> hey man, Texans be popping up everywhere. <laughs> That's right. And try, having gone to law school in Lubbock, I've been through Floyd data a time or two. And let me tell you, there's nothing. To, I can't be, it's not surprising that Don Williams got into music. Cause I can't imagine <laughs> what else one could have done in Floyd data especially like in the forties and fifties. I mean, and I'm not knocking Floyd data, fine folks in Floyd data, but, um, but yeah, you are hard pressed for entertainment. (laughs) (laughs) Dang. Well, there's the report. (laughs) And there you have it. I'm not going there. Um, (laughs) let me see what I get. All right, I'm just going to hit play so the picture's bigger because it bothers me. All right, I got Lazaretto by Jack White. Nice. It's an awesome song. Um, <laughs> it's the first thing that comes to my mind because we, we we have rock band. We'll play it with like our cousins and our little nephews and stuff like that. And uh, this is one of my favorite songs to play. This and and uh, One Big Holiday by uh, My Morning Jacket. I love playing on the drums because it's just like so so fast. <laughs> so much going on. <laughs> um, but uh, this is just a, a, a fun song, man. It's just such a like, it's got such a, a that, uh, you know, like sometimes Jack White 
will have like this like singer songwriter personality. Sometimes you'll have like this Led Zeppelin personality. <laughs> sometimes you'll have this really experimental side. And then sometimes he has that side that's really like, I don't know, almost like hip hop production where it's like the the beats are really hard hitting um, and the just all the instruments are really in your face. Like it's very like very pronounced. And like this is one of those songs I think melds like that, <laughs> that Zeppelin-esque parts of him with that like, that other producer side of him. And it just has like, yeah, like really, um, um, in your face, uh, music, but then it has like that really gnarly, um, uh, violin, like solo or whatever, um, towards the end. Um, and then it's just like, I don't know, it has that big like rock ending and, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just a cool song. Like, um, and it has some really cool lines too. Like, uh, like, uh, every single bone in my brain is electric. Like, I love that line. Um, yeah. That's one of those ones that, like, every time I listen to this song, like, I'm, I'm probably singing, like, this whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just super into it. Um, but, yeah, it's just so cool. It's just a great a great song and a, and a really good album, too. Um, but yeah. yeah that, that's just, that, uh, so I can remember um, when that album came out, I was driving delivery trucks. Mm. And um, I, it would come on 91.7 KXT here in Dallas. And oh, yeah. um, I remember thinking that the chorus sounded like a Rage Against the Machine song. Like, yeah, I mean, no, that's a good you comparison. Know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's got a little bit of the like Zach De La Rocha kind of pronunciation in Born Rotten yeah. instead of Born Rotten. Um, right. Yeah. Like it's yeah cadence, but, yeah. you know, then then it also has, of course, Jack White being Jack White on the guitar. So <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that is a great album um, and, and a great song. But but yeah, that uh, I you know, I've never thought about it as as kind of having some hip hop similarities. But you're exactly right. I've, I've always gone straight to Rage, but then Rage has some hip hop stuff going on, too. Right. So. I guess it all makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know, he's he's such a music nerd. I just feel like he loves blending and taking on that th- those different things, you know, those different genres and 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 just yeah, tones and textures and music, like layer them, make it interesting, you know. Um, but yeah, that's super good. I, that's someone that I haven't seen live yet. Um, uh, he's coming here, I think. I I just realized that I just remembered that he's coming here like in eh, late April or May or something like that. Yeah, looking is it he? Up. <laughs> Man, I'll, I'll, I'll look, and if I'll be in town, I, I might have to try and go to that. But I'm also yeah. going to be out of town for the good chunk of the last part of April and the first part of May. <laughs> mm. <laughs> no, no complaints. It's 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 fun travel. So, uh, <laughs> no, okay. Worries. I can, I've got, to, I got one more. Is this one more good? Yeah, okay. yeah, that's, yeah that's cool. Nope. Golly, how did I mess that up again? <laughs> what in the world is wrong with me? Um, okay. All right. Oh, that's what I'm doing. Okay, that, that time it wasn't me being dumb. Uh, it was me not knowing how to read. Um, okay, I got... <laughs> I got uh, Black by Pearl Jam. Oh. Um, and uh, from from uh, Rearview Mirror. So yeah. that's another one of those. I Like, I feel, um, what was, uh, oh my gosh, I haven't listened to the regular radio in so long because I've, I've had satellite and... Uh, mm. But it was was it the edge one hundred two nine the edge um, yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so I feel like I have heard the song Black by Pearl Jam on one hundred two nine the edge at least there was a time when I was when I listened to one hundred two nine a lot um, mm-hmm. I feel like I heard it about twice a day and actually kind of got <laughs> sick of it for a while <laughs> yeah the radio but, will do you know that it's some. it's a classic Pearl Jam song. Um, Big production, big dramatic vocals from Eddie Vedder. It's it's in that weird, you know, I don't know if it's in a minor key or whatever it is where his voice is just so melancholy um, mm. throughout the whole song. But it's also Eddie Vedder, so you can only understand like every third or fourth word. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, 
but yeah, and then then the big ending where you get a lot of backup vocals. Um, it's a big, big, big ending, especially for Pearl Jam. But um, mm. yeah, I mean, you know, when I hear the song, what I think is like driving home after work um, in the dark. But when I was like sixteen and working a typical like teenager's job, uh-huh. and you don't realize that you don't really realize like how awful working really is because you're, you're not an adult yet. You're 16, but you think you get it. And, you know, like I, I worked at an indoor soccer and basketball place and, you know, I'd be driving home, like trying to make myself feel the same amount of stress that like a 55 year old CEO of a fortune 500 company has, you know, like windows down. I can't believe how many crates I had to move. My God. Yeah. Like I didn't, I didn't smoke, but like, uh, you know, like I always, always pictured myself with like a marble red and just running so a hand through my out. hair yeah. and waiting to get home to pour myself, you know, just like a full, not even, not even two fingers, but like a full fist of scotch. And, and then you get, uh, then you grow up and you realize, okay, smoking's bad for you. Scotch isn't as good as you think. And oh my God, when I was 16, that was not stressful. <laughs> yeah. It's like, wow. I, was, I thought that yeah, was terrible. Like, <laughs> what, what, watching, watching a 10 and under soccer game, which admittedly was very boring. Uh, like that doesn't lead to that kind of stress. Like I had no <laughs> business feeling that stressed out, but, but yeah, I, I uh, it was, it took me about, I mean, I mean Rockwall is not a very big town. So it, you know, it took 10 or 12 minutes to get from where I worked completely on the other side of town where my folks lived. And, and you know, some guy in downtown Dallas driving an hour in traffic. Yeah. After working 12 and, hours. And, and, and has like, like real problems. <laughs> and and you're, I, you're over here, like, just like barely doing anything compared to that. And yeah, and an existential crisis. <laughs> yeah, like my anxiety oh my was that my truck had <laughs> manual windows, and like I'd be like, "Oh man, a stressful day," and I got to do this action to roll my window down. <laughs> no, no one has ever known this level of stress. I'm so alone in the world. <laughs> like, like you ever? I mean, seriously, if I could go back in time, if if someone was like, "Hey, here's a magic pill. You can go back in time and tell yourself exactly one thing." Um, but you know, you have like five seconds, so be very careful. Like I would just find 16 year old me and slap the shit out of him and be like, grow up, dude, this is not real stress. <laughs> yeah. It's like all you, you get five, you get one statement. You're like, you don't even know what stress is yet. And you slap yeah. him and just leave. I'm like, what the hell was that? <laughs> yeah. For God's sake, smile more idiot. Things are pretty good. <laughs> But that might like spiral you out into like being obsessed about the future. <laughs> like, yeah. what am I gonna do? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just being overly obsessed. I don't know. I'm about a hundred pounds heavier than I would. I'm, I, might, I might not recognize myself. <laughs> Who is that fat idiot? Why did he come here and slap me? <laughs> And where'd he go? <laughs> uh, or yeah, just like you totally get obsessed. Like you, you take like the STEM route, you get obsessed with science and trying to prove that that happened and you never even do anything social again. You're just like, I know what I saw. Yeah. <laughs> well, now I'm just getting too sci-fi with it. I'm getting, <laughs> getting obsessed yeah. with the, the, the time like travel. Randy Quaid from Independence Day. <laughs> Like, yeah. <laughs> some some dude who claims he was taken up by aliens like i'm yeah i'm sitting there like you know haven't shaved just smell like beer can't focus on anything else i'm like i swear when i was 16 a 33 year old version of myself came and slapped the shit out of me and then left and he told me oh, i'd be okay, happy Dad. not to stress <laughs> out over things but i've been stressing out ever since <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and there's uh, like i'm straight yeah, and like the guy I'm telling that to is fitting me for a straight jacket. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, how did we get here? <laughs> I ask myself that every day. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure we'll find ourselves back here in like a week. <laughs> I would bet so. <laughs> hey, we did pretty good. We're just now at an hour. That's I feel like that is that is exceptionally good for us. <laughs> yeah, I didn't feel like I was struggling yet, so. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, Man, Sam, as always, thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, dude, this is fun. It's another go, and I'm enjoying uh, Shuffle Roulette just because you never know what genre or like story. Like, yeah, you got some. Uh, yeah, there's a few things I wasn't expecting you to bring up. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm excited. I'm I'm just going to sit down with this phone that I've had forever and finally learn how to click the freaking shuffle button. Which is that crazy. way. <laughs> <laughs> the shuffle button that's been the exact same since the iPhone first came out. And I'm just going to reteach myself how to use it so that I don't have so many stupid technical difficulties next time. But <laughs> then again, I guess it wouldn't really involve me if there weren't some technical difficulties because I am really good at a lot of things, but basic technology is not one of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, neither is advanced technology. I'm like, okay. <laughs> No technology. I'm just, I just suck at technology. That's all it is. Please be patient. Yeah. <laughs> well, no worries, man. <laughs> well, yeah, well, I'm sure we'll do another one of these shuffle roulettes in a, a few shows or so. So, Oh, I would imagine just, so. Just be practiced. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to run drills. I'm going to give my wife a whistle and a stopwatch and she's going to be like, all right, shuffle five songs, go. And we'll see how long it takes me. Well, good luck. <laughs> yeah, as long as she doesn't make me do push-ups, we'll be good. <laughs> well, thanks, Sam. I really appreciate it, man. Yeah, dude, no worries. <laughs> Until next time. <laughs>